Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Come on, can we give Jesus a shout of praise today? Come on, let's let Jesus know how much we love him, how thankful we are for him. Amen, amen. Well, you can be seated. You can be seated. Who's excited to be in church today? Oh, man. For those who are watching online, we're so glad that you're joined with us. Every location that's joined with us in this moment, we love you guys. We're so thankful that you're joining with us today. Man, I am so excited to be able to speak to you in our finale of a series called Happy Hour. Happy Hour. This is actually a byproduct. Some of you are like, how did they come up with the name Happy Hour? It's not what you think. Um, We came up with it. Our creative team got together and started putting through a couple of ideas. And another idea that our creative team came up with outside of Happy Hour is Daddy Issues. So make sure if you're watching online or you're here today at South Tampa, make sure that you join us next Sunday. Pastor Aaron's going to bring the word for our series called Daddy Issues. It's going to be a lot of fun. But I want to do one thing before I move anywhere further, and that is I want to give honor and praise uh, to our lead pastor. He is just the absolute best of the best. Him and Katie, they lead so faithfully. They lead so well. I've been with him, he said, for 10 years now, and it's crazy to me to be able to see, like, the behind the scenes and see that that guy is more legit behind the scenes than he is even on this stage, and he's pretty legit on the stage, so can you do me a favor online here at South Tampa? Can we show up, Pastor Aaron, how much we love him, how much we appreciate him? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to continue the finale of Happy Hour today, and I want to talk to you on this idea of joy. How do we have joy? And I hope that from the last few weeks that you're starting to experience some joy. If not, man, I'd encourage you, go back to our YouTube channel. Make sure to check uh, some of those sermons out that maybe you've missed. I'm telling you, it's an amazing uh, content and messages to help encourage you in your faith and help you to have joy in this season. But today I want to talk to you about a topic that I believe can rob us from joy so quickly. And this is the topic of worry. Worry. I believe worry is something that the enemy can use to kind of creep into your mind and keep you in this state of fear, this state of panic, and it's impossible to have joy while you also have worry. So we're going to look at this, and we're going to look at a passage of Scripture today from Philippians chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, make sure you turn those with me. If not, they're going to be on the screen here. It says Philippians chapter 4. This is going to be in verse 4. So it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. Let me hear you say peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And here's that word again, and the God of peace will be with you. I want to pray for you today. Uh, Before I do, I want to give you the sermon title, and it's Don't Worry be happy. You can write in your notes, don't worry, be happy. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you're here. I thank you that every person under the sound of my voice 
is going to experience your presence, not because of anything that I'm doing, because of the goodness of, and faithfulness of our God. So Lord, I pray against worry today. I thank you, Lord, that you are speaking and using this message to touch lives, and we give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says amen, 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 amen. Well, for those that don't know me, uh, naturally, growing up, uh, my family's actually here on the front row, naturally, uh, I was a bit of an anxious person, even from a very young age. I don't know what triggered it. I'm not 100% sure what started it, but I remember being like six and seven years old and sitting there being worried about all of these different things. I remember one time I went home sick from school because uh, a girlfriend of mine, uh, she broke up with me, and I worried myself to death at six years old in my kindergarten relationship. I went homesick because I was so worried about this situation. I remember another thing. Uh, do I have any people in here that, like, that grew up uh, like in a youth group or in church? Any church kids in the place? Okay. Like, if you're growing up in church, there's this thing called the rapture, right? I was scared to death that I was going to miss the rapture. I remember so much so that like being at an early age, if the house like got too quiet, I would sit there and like lean out of my room and be like, mom? Yeah? Okay, good. All right, cool. We're good. This still happens to me sometimes. I'm a pastor on staff here at Radiant Church. And literally sometimes I'll be like sitting at home and it just gets quiet. I'm like, oh, did I miss it? Oh, no. Like, Alicia? My wife, Alicia. Yeah? All right, we're good. Because if she's here... We're good. We're still, we're all still here. <laughs> Worry is something. And so I remember like, this is something that I had to work through over and over again. And I got some major breakthrough when about the age of middle school, but man, it was, it's something that plagued as has continued to plague uh, every kind of major event in my life. I remember to give you an example here. I remember freshman year of college, I'm, I'm, I'm moving into Southeastern university in Lakeland, Florida, and it's the first day and I'm, I'm kind of unpacking my car and out of the corner of my eye, I see this fine little shawty walking through my wife, my future wife, Alicia. And I see her, I'm like, oh, Lord, I thank you. I name it and claim it in the name of Jesus. That will be my wife. Hallelujah. And I'm like, oh, that's the girl. I knew it. hundred percent. I don't know what it was. I just knew like that was the girl that I was going to marry. So a couple weeks go by. It turns out one of my best friends is actually friends with Alicia. And so, uh, do we have a picture of my wife? This is, this is a picture of my beautiful wife, Alicia. She's coming up here on the screen. She's so amazing. That's her. That's from our wedding day. The Lord is faithful. He provided. And uh, I saw her, and I was like, oh, man, that's the girl that I'm going to marry. I just know it. I see it. And so, a friend of mine was like, hey, David, listen, I got you, bro. I know her, and I'm going to set up a group date for us to get together. And then we're going to kind of like, you guys get a chance to hang out. You guys can talk, and it's going to be an awesome thing. And I was like, bro. I can't do it. What happens? Immediately worry sets in. I start getting anxious. I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw up. Oh, no. Like, what am I going to do? I can't do this, bro. I can't do this. He's like, no, no, no. Dude, chill out. I got you. I got you. So we get this group date all scheduled together as a, as a, as a, a group of friends. And she's sitting there kind of waiting for me to show up. I was so nervous and so anxious. I stood up my wife on our first date. I just straight up didn't show. I didn't show. So like four or five hours go by, she's sitting there waiting for me to show up with these group of friends. I walk in the door and I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? Everybody didn't even talk to her because I was too nervous to talk to her. Hey, what's up? I'm here. Sorry, I'm late. So we kind of make it right. Later that evening, we go to get some coffee together. And it's again, it's a group setting. So we show up to this coffee shop there at campus at Southeastern. And you ever have that friend that like knows that you have an issue 
they know that you have a thing and they just like to like still poke that thing, that issue that you have. Do you have that friend? I have a lot of those friends, unfortunately. And so all those, <laughs> we were sitting there at this coffee shop and my friend starts to go, oh man, we're getting a little tired. I think, I think we're going to head out and I'm going to leave you guys here alone by yourselves. I'm like, dude, chill, chill, stop it. He's like, all right, bye guys, see you. So I'm sitting there alone with Alicia, my future wife, and I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, yeah, I got to go too. And I literally stood her up for the second time in one night on our first date. The second time in one night. I don't know if it's the faithfulness of God that she ended up marrying me or the graciousness of her or the game that I've got. I don't know. You never know. You know, like it's one of those things. So, but worry has been something that has continually plagued my life. I think if we were to be honest in here today, worry is something that plagues a lot of our lives. The statistics alone are staggering. It says one of every third Americans today is struggling with some sort of severe anxiety that's leading to depression. Then you couple that with a global pandemic, the political arena that we find ourselves in today, the election, all of the riots and the protesting and all of these different things. And it's just like, man, anxiety is on the rise here in America and around the world. The most recent statistic has shown by the CDC that they put out just a couple of months ago in the midst of this pandemic season that now 40.9% of Americans struggle with some sort of severe anxiety, depression, worry. It's actually now leading to a rise in substance abuse, abuse of alcohol, abuse of drugs, and then thoughts of suicide are starting to ramp, go rampant. And I think if we're to be honest in here today, worry is something that plagues all of us. We all can sometimes struggle with this idea of worry and anxiety. And I even want to just take a moment. I didn't do this in any of the other services, but I even felt in the middle of worship today that some of you are walking in here and some of you are listening to me online and you feel like this is something that you will never overcome. I want to encourage you today that we serve a God that is on the move. The Lord is at hand. He is working. You can receive freedom from worry. What is worry? I love Corey Ten Boone. She says this quote. She says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but only empties today of its strength. Let's look at that scripture again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Listen to this word. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, isn't it funny that we hear a command in God's word and it's like, do not murder. And we're like, yeah, okay, we get it. Don't murder. That's pretty clear. But now when it comes to don't being anxious, it's almost something that we've like almost just come accustomed to. It's just like, yeah, this is, this is a part of normal life. Yeah, I'm just anxious. Look what the Bible says. Do not be anxious. This is a command. Do not be anxious. For the Lord is at hand. I love the author, Paul, who's writing this letter to the church of Philippi actually uses the word anxious. It's from the root word, I'm going to try to say this, merimne, which actually means, and you can write it in your notes, to be pulled apart. How many of you know whenever you start to get worried about that job, you start to get worried about that child, you start to get worried about, man, will I ever meet my spouse? Man, is this situation going to turn out the way that I hope it's going to turn out? You can start to feel pulled apart mentally, Internally, your stomach gets all in knots and you just start to feel that, ah, oh, I don't know. 
I love what he says. He goes on to say, and then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Look at that word peace. You can write it in your notes this way. This is from the Greek word erene, which actually means to restore to wholeness. Look at the difference between the two. The enemy would come in and tear your mind apart through worry and anxiety, but the God that we serve wants to come in and make you whole. This is where we get that Hebrew word shalom. It means wholeness, centeredness. Do you feel centered today? Are you walking in here feeling pulled apart by anxiety, by worry? I want to encourage you, the Lord is at hand. You can experience peace. All we have to do is learn how to not be anxious for anything. You're like, okay, well, if we get it, like, there's a couple of things that we have to do. I wish I could stand up here today and just be like, hey, listen, all you have to do is just pray this one little quick prayer and everything would be changed. It's like, no, for some reason, that's often how it doesn't work. Now, I'm not to say that God can't do that, but oftentimes there's a couple of things that we have to do through the partnering of the Holy Spirit and reading God's word. There's a couple of things that we can do. So I want you to write this in your notes. I put it in your notes this way. My joy is my job. My joy is my job. I want to hear you say it. My joy, my joy. is my job. There's something that we got to do. There's some things that we have to do to practically apply to our life for us to overcome worry so that we can overcome, so that we can have peace. And if we can have peace, then we can have joy. All right? So you can write in your notes. Point one is don't worry, pray right. Don't worry, pray right. Let's read what Philippians says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Stop. The moment that I said, we've got to learn how to pray to overcome this idea of worry, I, I saw a couple of you just like rolled your eyes. Like, of course this guy's going to say pray. My, that's like the Christian answer. Good Lord. All right. Um, but I think we've actually kind of diminished this idea of the effectiveness of prayer in our life. You see, you and I were not created to be beings of worry, of anxiety. That's why you see depression and substance abuse going on the rise. It's because we weren't created to do this. What we were actually created for is communion with God. That's what prayer is. And I think we've gotten to this place within the church and within culture where prayer is a thing that we do. It's not the thing that we do. Does that make sense? Like we get to this place where prayer is like in a long list of like little practical tools that we use in our little tool belt. Like, yeah, I do. You know, I get stressed out sometimes. So I go to yoga and then I, I go golfing on the weekend and I listen to this podcast. And then um, I read, you know, I, I, I meditate. And, I, and then, I, you know, I also pray. And I'm all about all of those things. I, I'm, I think those things are awesome. But like we can't. We can't make prayer just a subsequent thing on our list of things we do. We have to have daily relationship and communion with God in order for us to not worry. Look at this quote from Oswald Chambers. It says, prayer doesn't fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. We were created to be in communion with God. Listen to this verse, Psalm 16, It says, you make known to me the path of life. How many of you want to know the path of the life that you want to live? In your presence there is what? Fullness of? At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I wonder if sometimes we live in this constant anxious state and we're constantly being bombarded by worry because we're, we're missing this God-sized hole in our life that we just need to 
com commit to spending more time with him. I think we downplay what prayer is. I think we think that sometimes like we don't want to bother God. We think maybe this idea, this worry that we're going through isn't big enough for God to care about. He's got a lot of other things in this world to worry about. He doesn't need to worry about my problem. Listen, I wrote it this way. If it's big enough to think about, it's big enough to pray about. I want to say that again. If it's big enough to think about, it's actually big enough to pray about. That's the goodness of our God. He cares so deeply about the minor things in your life, the little things, the little details, the little concerns. And what we've got to do is figure out how do we get alone with him so that he can go, hey, I got you. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm here. I'm with you. Whenever we're having daily communion with God, it actually removes worry from my life. I put it in your notes this way. My joy is an indicator of my relationship with God. My joy is an indicator of my relationship with God. Are you struggling with having joy in this season? Do you feel just down consistently? Do you feel like, man, I don't know what it is, but like, woe is me. I'm getting up out of bed today, and I just don't feel like doing anything. Honestly, I'm going to sit here in my boxers, watch Netflix, and eat cereal. Like, <laughs> I've done that from experience. Like, I, I know that life. Or do you have a joy? Are you waking up every day, man, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to go. I, I grew up in a household where, like, my mom would always be, like, we'd have worship music playing all the time, just, like, you know, just declaring that today's the day. Like, do you have joy? I would say if you don't, I would evaluate how your relationship with God is. How's your, how's your time alone with God? Are you spending genuine time with him? I, I love this quote. Worry should be a notification, not a destination. Wow. You were not created to stay in the destination of worry and anxiety. You can get freedom from it. It should actually just be a trigger that helps you remind, oh, ah, a little bit worried about something. Let me go, let me go give this to God. Oh, I, I see this is, this is bothering me a little bit. I'm going to go spend time with God today and give it to him. So many, but like the check engine light comes on, you don't throw the whole car away, right? You just go, hey, I might need to get an oil change. Like that might just need to be happening. Like that's what worry can be for us. It's like a, just a quick little notification. You just go, all right, cool. I've got to give this to God. Yeah. Wow. There's a couple of things that I think we can do to just make sure that we're praying the right way. I wrote it this way. We got to learn how to pray secretly. When's the last time that you've just gotten alone with God and just gone, God, here I am. You can have it all. I love that song that we sang earlier today. God, here I am. You can have it all. We got to learn how to pray sincerely. I think so many times we just get so used culturally to these like good God, good meat, now let's eat type prayers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> blessed Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Like, and that's it. Like, you know, like how do we, how do we have authentic, yeah. sincere relationship with God? God, I, I need you to move on my behalf. Lord, I need you. I'm not just seeking your face. I'm, I'm not just seeking your hand. I'm also seeking your face. Like, I don't care what you can do for me. I just want you because I know that if I can have you, everything else will work out. And then I, you got to start praying specifically. Specific prayers. Praying specifically, believing that God is going to hear you and answer your prayers. So many times we just think that we're praying to this distant, far-off God that doesn't listen, that's not caring. No, 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 that's not the God that we serve. He cares so deeply about the details of your life, the details of the troubles in your mind. Pray specific prayers. God, would you heal my daughter? God, would you set me free from this? God, would you give me that promotion? God, would you bless me in this way? And then seal it all up with thanksgiving. Look what the author says. With thanksgiving, make your request known to God. What does thanksgiving do? It stirs up our faith. 
We start to remind ourselves, man, God, you've already done this. God, you've already done that. God, if you didn't do anything else, Lord, you sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me and that he rose again and overcame hell, the grave, and now I'm an overcomer through him. That is enough for me. God, I thank you. So, Lord, I am going to make my request known to you. And I thank you in advance that you're going to hear it and you're going to move. And I thank you for that. I love this quote by Rick Warren. It says, in happy moments, praise God. In difficult moments, seek God. In quiet moments, worship God. In painful moments, trust God. But how about this? In every moment, thank God. Thank God. Man, if we're going to learn how to get overcome worry, we're going to have to start learning how to pray right. The second thing we're going to have to start doing, you can write it this way. Don't worry, think right. Don't worry, think right. Philippians 4 goes on to say, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I don't know about you. I'm like naturally sometimes a bit more of like a pessimist than I am an optimist. Do I have any pessimists in the room here? You, you kind of start to, we got a color like, yep, that's me. We... <laughs> We start to just go immediately to just like the ways that things could go wrong rather than the ways that things go right. I think that's what worry often does. It's putting our hope in the worst possible outcome. What does the Bible say? Man, start changing your thinking. My my grandma used to say, change your stinking thinking. (laughs) Start learning how to like change that perspective. And this is actually a very hard thing for us to do in our current cultural climate, right? CNN. Fox News. Some of you guys were ready to fight me on that. CNN, Fox News. We've got, we're in the between there. You're just going, I don't know. Like this person is saying this thing. This person is saying this thing. Then you get on Facebook and it's like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to believe. One minute there's fires breaking out. The next minute there's this thing that's happening around the world. Then Shamu is getting away from SeaWorld and you don't know what to do about that. And you're like, man, this whole world is crazy. And I would be curious to know, what are the voices that we're allowing to just keep our mind in this constant state of anxiety? This never-ending ride of just roller coaster of emotion and roller coaster of this is going wrong, this is going wrong. If this person is elected, the world's gonna end. If this person is elected, America's gonna burn down. If this man, it's just like we have got to figure out how to get the negativity out of our mind and start thinking about what's pure. What's lovely? What is God doing good? What are the good things that are taking place in life? What has God blessed you with? In the midst of worry and anxiety, start thinking about the things that God has blessed you with, the things that you do have, the salvation that he has given you. I put in your notes this way. What I'm focused on magnifies what my faith is in. What I'm focused on magnifies what my faith is in. What are you focusing on? What are the things in this season that are, have your attention? Are they the things that are pushing you towards purity, towards peace, towards the things that are right? Or are they pushing you towards the negativity, the things that are wrong in this world, the things that are all these things? God is doing a new thing consistently. We've got to just start changing our focus. I, I, there's a scripture here. It's not in your notes, but I have it for you as a reference. Proverbs 23, 7. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, So is he. Man, I wonder if sometimes our anxiety and our worry is stemmed from a place we just are consistently thinking about all the wrong things that are going on rather than the things that God is doing right. Remember, the Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything. Rejoice. The Lord is at hand. We're going to have to learn a practical tip for you. We're going to have to learn how to take every thought into captivity. 
I love this scripture in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. It says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought, what does it say? Captive to obey Christ. At a very early age, again, I struggled with anxiety. I struggled with fear. And I had this cool little uh, kids pastor. His name was Josh. And he would come over to the house and he would kind of pastor me through this season. Being at a very early age, just worried, just couldn't sleep couldn't eat, just would stay up all night, just worrying. Some of you are in that state today. And he would say, all right, David, here's what I want you to pray. Whenever you feel worry, whenever you feel anxiety, here's what I want you to say. I want you to say, God, I thank you that you've given me the mind of Christ. It's a simple little prayer. God, I thank you that you've given me the mind of Christ. I think in order for us to overcome worry, we're going to have to change our stinking thinking. We're going to have to start thinking about the things that are above, not the things that are below on this earth. And we have the mind of Christ. And so what I would say is take your focus off of social media. Take your focus off of the news. Take your focus off of that uh, crazy uncle or aunt on Facebook that's putting out their, uh, their political uh, statements and stuff. And start focusing on the word of God. That's how we take every word captive. The moment that worry starts to come into my mind, I go, oh, I don't know what's going to happen in this situation. Oh, God, am I going to get that promotion? Oh, am I going to meet my spouse? Is this going to work out? I start going, oh, God, I thank you so much that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Lord, I, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I take the, the anxious thought, I take it captive, and I replace it with God's promises and God's words. Start focusing on things above. And watch as worry starts to change. Got to get pray right. Got to think right. And the last thing is we got to start living right. We got to start living right. I remember uh, growing up, I, uh, I, I, I had, my parents were pastors. And so I grew up in a household where it was a little bit more strict. Like we were just, uh, they, were, they were great parents and really taught us at a very early age to love the Lord. But they had some boundaries. They had some clear, like, you're not going to do this. I remember when I turned 16, I got this little girlfriend. And uh, I, I thought, like, I was, like, Mr. Romance, right? Like, I thought I was, like, Mr. Romantic. How many of you know, like, it's impossible to be romantic whenever you're sitting on a date night with your parents both right there next to you in the living room? That's just not, doesn't work out. So I, I had this, like, 1993 beat-up Honda Civic four-door. And uh, I, I had worked all summer and I paid to have it painted from vomit green uh, to midnight black. And then I like got this like cool air intake in the engine and boosted it up like 0.5 horsepower. And I thought like, oh yeah, I'm the man. So I got this little girlfriend. We're sitting there at my house and I go, hey mom, do you mind if I take home my girlfriend to her house? We weren't allowed to be alone together, granted. So that's not, that's not something that we're not used to. So my mom goes, sure. I'll let you take her home to her house as long as you go straight there and you come straight back. I said, Mom, come on, it's me. I got this. Of course, I'm never going to do that. We get in the car. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the little extra horsepower in the car, but like the, the midnight sky, I don't know what it was. But I start driving through and like the, the sky is all beautiful. And I'm like, you know what? There's a park right next to your house. We ought to stop at, your, stop at that park and go on like a little midnight stroll. It wasn't midnight. It was like 830 at night. But... Like, well, let's look at the stars. Like, let's look at it. And so we're, like, walking through the park. And the entire time I'm, like, sitting there, I'm just like, hey, girl, you know, you're, you're as beautiful as that star is right there tonight. She's like, why are you saying like that? Like, it's so weird. So we're, like, walking through this park. And the entire time, what am I doing? I'm, like, looking at the stars, and I look, look over my shoulder. Looking at the stars, 
just checking to see if my mom's back there. Looking at the stars. Hey, are we good? Okay. So we, we, we walked through the park for probably like five or ten minutes. It wasn't long at all. We're getting back in the car. <laughs> I take her to her house. Sure enough, sitting there in the driveway is my mom just waiting for me. Can I try to describe the amount of anxiety and worry that I was feeling in that very moment? I think it was so bad that by the time I got to her house, I didn't even stop. I think I just opened the door and shoved that girl out. (laughs) Peace, bye, ran home. I was in so much trouble. The entire time I was anxious because I knew that I was not doing the right thing. I think if we were to be a little bit honest and transparent with ourselves, some of us are continually battling, battling with anxiety and worry because we're not living the right way. Wow. We're not following the plan or the purpose that God intended for our life. We're in that relationship that we know that we probably shouldn't be in. We hang out with those friends that we know are not the best influences in our life. They're not pushing us to where God wants us to be. We're continuing to push for that promotion that you know is actually exhausting you and draining you and actually making you a mean and irritable person. And so we're living in this life of consistent worry and anxiety because we're not living God's best for our lives. What does does Paul say in Philippians 4? He goes on to say in verse 9, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, And what do we have in the God of what? Peace would be with you. What is he saying? He's saying the things that I've taught you, the principles of life, of following God, of being God's disciple, practice these things and the peace of God will be with you. He goes on to write in Colossians 12, he says, Colossians 3, verse 1 through 2, he goes, If then you have been raised with Christ Jesus, seek the things that are above. There's that thinking where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. He skips down to verse 5, and it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. So there's actually something that we can do to have the peace of Christ rule our hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be faithful, be thankful. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Listen to this, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And these you two once walked when you were living in them. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. But now you must put them away. Anger, listen to this, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self with which you have been renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. I love that it says in verse 12 here. Put on then as God's chosen ones, Holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Some of you are like, patience, I don't even know what that word means. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above above all of these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Another word for that would be perfect peace. How is the worry and anxiety in your life in this season? Is it, is it stemming from a, a place of that you're living in God's plan? Or is, or is worry stemming from a place of like, you're not living the right way. You've got unforgiveness in your heart, maybe towards that former spouse, towards one of your parents, towards a friend that's hurt you. You've got anger. 
jealousy. Man, I think that one's a huge one, as I think so many times we're not living in a place of peace because we're so busy striving to be somebody else rather than being the person that God's called us to be. We're trying so hard to get to that next promotion, to get to that next position, to get that next that new car, to get the new ha- house. We're trying to keep up with all these other people, and we're running ourselves ragged trying to be somebody that God never intended us to be. You can write in your notes this way. Peace is actually a byproduct of following God's plan. Peace is a byproduct of following God's plan. What is God's best for your life? I love this quote, Pastor Aaron says all the time, is what you're living for worth Christ dying for? Is what you're living for worth Christ dying for? Is what you're living for and striving for, is it bringing you peace? Or is it actually bringing you more anxiety, more worry, because you're trying to be something that you were never created to be? I love what Psalm says in, verse, in chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. What does that mean? He takes delight in God's word and what God says and how we should live. It goes on to say, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he what? Prospers. Do you want to prosper? Do you want God's best for your life? Do you want God to use you and bless your family, bless your children, bless your, your life, bless your spouse, pour out his blessing? How are you living? I love how Jesus kind of summarizes this whole teaching in Matthew chapter 6. He's teaching to a crowd of people. And he's talking about worry. He's talking about don't be anxious about the clothes that you wear. Don't be anxious about having to worry about the food that you eat and all of those two things. I worry about those things all the time. What to eat and what I'm going to wear. Like, I don't know what he was talking to me directly. And we worry about all these different things. And he ends it all up. Don't worry about all of it. But here's what he says to do. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. You see, we don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious for anything. All we have to do is have a relationship with God, pray right, continually take our thoughts into captivity, think right, and then start to live right, to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And everything else will be added to us, everything else, every worry, every fear, every anxiety, every good thing, every blessing comes after we figure out those three things. I love how Jesus summarizes all of this in John 16, verse 33. He says, I have said these things to you, then in me you may have what? Peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart for what I have overcome the world. You're never going to find peace. You're never going to find joy outside of knowing Jesus Christ, outside of experiencing his presence, outside of experiencing his plan, his perfect will for your life. What I want to encourage you about today is 
I'm not here to cast any condemnation on you. If you're not living right today, here's the great news about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we can actually be in right standing with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us, God actually no longer sees our sin, but he sees us the moment that we are grafted into the family of God, the moment that we accept Jesus into our life, he now sees us through Jesus. He, we, he sees us through his son, Jesus. And we are in right standing the moment that we completely surrender to God. I want to encourage you today, if you haven't made that decision, I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment. But we can overcome worry. We don't have to be anxious. We can follow God's word and overcome this thing. And some of you, again, in here today, again, I just feel the Holy Spirit saying, some of you are in here just going, but you don't know my circumstance. You don't know my situation. You don't understand what I'm worried about. I'm not saying that you won't ever worry about this again. I'm not saying that you won't ever have anxiety or anxious thoughts. What I am saying is the Bible has three practical tools that we can continue to apply to not be anxious about anything, but in everything may request known to God and the peace of God surpasses all understanding. We'll guard your hearts and your minds forever in Christ Jesus. For me personally, if I can be honest and transparent, I still worry. For those that don't know our story, my wife and I, we've been married for four years now. We've been trying to have a baby for the last three. And I, we've gone to doctors, we've tried different things, we've, and it hasn't come yet, it just hasn't come. And I could sit there and we have, there's been tight, so times that we've just been, we've been really struggling, we've been really worried, we've been really anxious, like, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? Why isn't this happening? I can sit there and I can dwell on that. Or I can sit there and look at the things that God has blessed us with. I look and look at and I can know that I am in right standing, in right relationship with God. I don't have to worry about the future. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I believe that God is going to give us and bless us with a baby one day. I believe it's going to happen because he's been faithful in the past and he's going to be faithful Again, and I don't know what circumstance, what is the worry in your thought? What is the worry and the anxiety in your mind today? I want to encourage you today, friend. God is at work. He is at hand. You do not have to be anxious for anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication. Make your requests known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind forever in Christ Jesus. This is what I love about worship. This is what I love about worship, is that in worship, it's, it's kind of like a catalyst. It just kind of shifts us right into God's presence. Enter into his courts with thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with praise is what the Bible says. There's something about whenever we praise God, we take our perspective off of our problem, off of our worry, and we put it onto the goodness of our God. So I want to take that moment today, all across the room, if you don't mind standing today, what we're going to do is, is we're going to get ready and we're going to surrender this worry, surrender this anxiety. If this has been you and I've been talking to you today and you'd say, you know what, David, if I were to be honest, I've been anxious. I've been worried. I've been going through a difficult season. I don't know if I can overcome it. I just want you to do a sim as a sign of surrender. Just simply lift up your hand and say, you know what, that's me. I need prayer. I need, I am struggling with worry. I'm struggling with anxiety. If that's you, yeah, that's awesome. It's a lot of us in here today. What's so awesome about worship is we can say, God, you can have it all. You can have the good things. You can have the bad things. You can have the worry. You can take the doubt and surrender to him. Come on, why don't we sing this out?
access to this God. What I want to encourage you today is actually because of the sacrifice that Jesus made, you do have access. You can be in right standing with God today. All it takes is a simple decision to say, God, here I am. I give you my life. And I actually want to pray with you. If that's you and you say, David, I want to have a relationship with Jesus today. I want to surrender my life to him. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you just to simply raise your hand. Nobody's looking and put it right back down so I can know to pray with you. If that's you on the count of three and you want to make Jesus the center of your life today, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Wow, yeah, I see your hand. I see your hand. That's awesome. I see your hands. That's awesome. I see your hand. That's awesome. Man, here's what the Bible says, that all you have to do to receive salvation is believe in your heart and confess you with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God sent him, he died on the cross, and he rose again, and you can experience the free gift of salvation. So why don't you do this? If you raise your hand today, why don't we all pray this prayer together and say, Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender to you today. Lord, I want a relationship with you. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross. I believe that he rose again. And I believe because of that, I can have life everlasting. I give you the praise and I give you my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says... Amen, amen. If you just made that decision and you believe that in your heart, then you are now welcome into the family of God. Congratulations, we love you. We celebrate you. Welcome home. Come on, can we give it up for those who just made that life-changing decision? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.